welcome to the Extra Lap RC podcast. Uh, my name's Aidan, and today I'm joined by Mark Hedling. Hi, Mark. How are you? Hello, Aidan. Yeah, good. Thanks. Yeah, fine. Thanks, mate. You? I'm really good. Um, we are going to chat. Oh, I better start that fucking again. That's that's me. <laughs> Way through a sentence. Okay, here we go. Welcome to the Extra Lap RC podcast. Uh, I'm Aidan, and tonight I'm joined by Mark Hedling. Hi, Mark. How are you? Hi, Aidan. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. You? I'm really good. So, as always, why don't you tell us what we're going to talk about today? Okay, right. So, yeah, tonight's guest is uh, Adam Skelding. Um, I've known Adam for quite a few years. I used to work with him as well. Um, so, collared him for a, an interview. Um, so, talk about his sort of time at... Uh, Durango, his time at uh, HPI, um, and his time with his current job at Armour Racing that he's working for. So, yeah, that's what we're going to cover off. Brilliant. Now, slightly different. Um, of course, I know you, but others won't know you. So what we'll do is we'll actually probably have our little racing catch-up now, mm-hmm. and then we will put go into the conversation that you had on like a one-to-one with Adam, and then right at the end, we'll maybe just catch up with a bit of a podcast updates and things like that just for our sort of the friends and the, the people who listen to the end is that okay yeah cool sounds good okay mate so um mark i'm gonna say i know you from you your that's not a job i don't know what you do here <laughs> um, that you sort of run the yz2 yz4 and the kyo show facebook groups <laughs> yeah 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 and i started those up um Oh, probably about three or four years ago now. Um, you know, I sort of, um, I found Facebook quite a good platform and, um, you know, just, just quite easy to use and stuff. And then I sort of saw the the trend going from kind of the forums, you know, I, I like, you know, the stuff Jimmy used to do with Oopal and things, you know, I still look at that mm-hmm. forum, you know, have a quick look, at, you know, probably log on every day and have a quick look, see what's going on. But obviously I saw the traffic going off from there and then the sort of Facebook thing coming in and I thought, oh, I'll just... You know, I, th- I can't remember what I was doing now, but I just sat there quickly and on my phone and set up a, a, a group and um, put it on a couple of forums and, and it went from there, really. So, you know, back um, back then, you know, Yokomo wasn't as big a brand as it is now. So I sort of wanted to get people talking about it and help out. But I wasn't sort of paid or anything to do any of this stuff, but just kind of did it to help the hobby and and, uh, and help the brand a bit, I suppose. You know, I was still not, really? I was still not sponsored by anybody or anything like that, so just do it out of the sort of love of the sport, I suppose, really, and and uh, and, and to help racers get better and share setups. And, and you know, the, the thing with the Facebook groups is it's nice and instant. You've got a quick question, you get a quick response. And, you know, as the, as the groups have developed, you know, you can store loads of uh, PDFs on there for setup sheets, you know, share videos and I, generally I, take I the piss out of each other. Yeah, I don't read setup sheets. <laughs> well, you just have someone to do it for you, don't you? I have somebody to do that one, for one of me. Your, one of your many uh, helpers. And one of my many helpers. And That's I like it. the way that you've really focused on the two teams I've been in. Well, you know, I think you're just stalking me, Aiden. but there we go. Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. if you Do you have any other groups so I can know who I can move to? Oh, after well, show? yeah, well, exactly. I did have a, you know, it's still going, but, um, you know, I, I used to run some Tamiers back in the day. You know, again, I was a bit of a Lee Martin fanboy. Not as big as you, obviously. Um, okay, but, okay. Uh, you know, uh, when he was uh, rocking the TRF cars and, and racing there, so I set a little group up there, which has got about 500 members now. 
Um, but, you know, I still keep that updated. But again, people aren't really racing Tamiya as much anymore. You've got a few diehard, like iconic RC Tamiya boys that have a few of the TRFs and whatever. But um, but no, the bigger groups is, is by far the Kyosho one. So, you know, I know the Craddocks and Carl and all that crowd from my days at Maritime. And I used to sort of switch between the brands, really. You know, I've had the Yokomos for years and I've had the Kyoshos for years. So still, you know, I think I've got over 20 cars in the garage so you know got plenty of different different options in there but um but yeah so i think the the kyosho group's about nearly three thousand members and i think the kyosho one's catching up quick since the new cars have launched and i think we're about 2700 members so that's no, gone gone really well really pleased with it quite proud right okay and what cars do you drive now oh well, i've got all sorts mate um from the old vintage rc10s right through to um some Kyosho's got a bit of associated sprinkled in there you know got some trucks and and got some of my old Durangos and things from back in the day some few homebrew builds and things so yeah got, so got plenty where, of stuff where's your local track um we got well i live i live in kent um you know some people say it's almost wow. france so yeah definitely <laughs> but uh, miles no, away from me exactly yeah 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 um so yeah i've got quite a good local scene um so uh, I, I race at uh, well i started back in off-road um again at faversham off-road car club where will johnson races who's done those lovely aluminium cars recently on the x-rays there so yeah raced raced with that crowd at faversham for, for many a year and then uh then sort of when maritime came about i was at maritime on a weekly basis and did some of their winter championships and the trc race and stuff at maritime so got involved with that club and really really enjoyed you know our time there that was absolutely awesome did a bit of eden park as well um then we got barham off-road track which is canterbury which is an out extra turf track which is pretty nice nice and low about 20 minutes from my house um and then i race in the winter at 1066 in hastings um, which is on eos carpet really big venue and and a lot of the old maritime racers um have, have gone across there now and getting some really good turnouts i think a couple of weeks ago there was about about five heats of two-wheel drive and one heat of four-wheel drive. So, no, it's good. You know, it's, the club's going from strength to strength and getting people coming down from all around the UK, which is which is really good to see. It's a good level of competition there as well. Okay. Well, the, I'm going to say the reason I asked that, because then I can ask this question. Uh-huh. So, the last time you were 1066, mm-hmm. what car did you run? I ran a B6. So, uh, so yeah. Yeah, like I say, I've got, I've got quite a... Quite a collection, so yeah, I just ran ran the B six, um, and yeah, I used to run the yoke there as well, and bits and pieces, just sort of grab one off out of the garage and give it a whiz. But no, the B six is going good, so yeah, no enjoying racing that at the minute. But um, I'm in talks with uh, with with our leader Carlos about a nice RV seven, so we shall we shall wait and see what happens. But no, the associate's going really really good, so yeah, no enjoying driving that. It's um, it's a really good car. It um, is, yeah. It's it's so easy when someone turns up with a B six, you at least know the sensible. <laughs> yeah. And you a new person turning up with a B six is a sensible person. Exactly, yeah. Now they go great and you know, the the uh again they've got a good team of uh, team of drivers and things and good support network out there. So yeah, I can't grumble. The cars are strong, they're fast, you know. So but I think to be honest, these days they the cars are all pretty good, you know. They're obviously the Schumacher K C with the belt drives a bit bit different but you know if you look at the geometry and the layout of the, the all of them these days it's just very fine details that separate them all these days so they all look pretty similar oh yeah i can't literally i can't tell them apart and, and i think every time someone changes their car they can put their old shell yeah off. yeah you can put you want an x-ray on a yoke you can put a 
a, a, a yoke on a, I think you can see it. Yeah, like, and anybody, six, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can, you can do all those things. But you've been involved in RC a lot longer than I have. In fact, you used to, this used to be your job, didn't it? It did, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been, I've been, um, you know, I've, I've sort of did RC as well as my motorbike racing at similar times as a kid, and kind of carried on doing both, really. So, yeah, I started racing at Ashford Model Car Club when I was about ten years old. You know, did the usual thing: a lad at school had a Tamiya a Monster Beetle, I think it was, and had a quick go on that, and sort of fell in love with it, and and um, bought bought it off him actually. So my first car was a Tamiya Monster Beetle, and and kind of went from there really, and found out there was a local club. Um, so when it popped along there and um, which Clive and Terry Stockham ran which is going back a few years and they're the guys that run MRT they make all the transponders oh, okay. and stuff so they're again local company near Dover um, so yeah they ran the club and, and um, you know spent a, many a happy Sunday there as a kid um, you know racing mainly buggies with foam tyres on on carpet which was, which was quite cool um, no jumps just all flat and they used to race Pro 10s there and 112 cars as well and then sort of went on to the touring cars, which is when it got a bit boring. But there we go. You know, we all know touring cars suck, don't they? Um, so, so yeah. Then, um, then yeah. Then you know, been been asking all my life, and like you said, it was a it was a job for me as well. So when I was um, I worked in a bottle shop as a as a teenager, and then um, wanted to get into sales and sort of use my knowledge of RC um, to get into the professional selling job um, and wrote a letter to all the distributors out there back when I was about 19, 20 years old. So, um, how, how long ago was you being 20 years old? How long? Well, I'm 38. So, so yeah, yeah, that's, um, so 18, 20, 18, years, 20 ago, years ago. That's how you yeah. got a job in the industry. Yep, that's you it. wrote a CV yep. and a letter. Exactly. Yep. Yep. I was going to say, it wasn't like a gym will fix it letter, but I did get a job <laughs> off the end of it as well. But, um, you know, yeah, it went good. So yeah, then I, I, um, I got a response from a few firms and had a few interviews and, Ended up working at Mirage Enterprises, um, so for quite a few of the shops and, and races have probably seen me about um, over the years. But uh, that was good at Mirage Enterprises back then. Um, we used to distribute HPI, Orion, um, X Mods, these little um, like Mini Z type cars, and quite a few other hot bodies. Um, so they're quite a, quite a big portfolio of brands. Obviously, HPI being the main the main one. And um, used to work with a great bunch of great bunch of guys, um, so guys you've met and spoke to before. Um, you know, with, you, with your honest, previous it, podcast and things. Yeah, it was those connections that I was really interested in. Not you. Yeah, I was just a means to an end to get you some more contacts. That's exactly. Yeah, I'm brutally honest. Um, <laughs> but no, it, it's just it's also a, a, a time that I don't know. Yeah, Do you know, I, yeah. I, I don't know that thing. So sometimes when we, I would speak to someone, I go, I've just got no reference it. So it was really nice when uh, I did approach you and sort of say, well, hang on, maybe you could help out in this podcast as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, so what you've actually done is you say you've gone in contact with Adam Skelding, you know, a guy who's well, you'll hear, you know, designed cars and uh, you know. I, I, I like the bits because I've already heard it clearly because it's already happened. Mm, mm. Uh, you, know, I, you know, I love the way Southport's mentions many times. <laughs> yeah, I thought that pleased um, you. Yeah, thank you very much. You know that we just mentioned Southport in every conversation about RC, but I thought it was really good. So that's yeah, it was, that, it was my first I... crack at it, and, and you know, hopefully it it comes across well anyway for the listeners. You know, but uh, but yeah, so you know, we had a, we had a great bunch of people there, and the the, the company um, did really really well. So you know, I worked with the the 
you know Jason did, and then his brother sort of owned the owned the company, and um, and worked with Jamie Booth, Greg Hill, Carl Marsden, Adam Skelding. You know, so great bunch of people. Um, lots of others um, names I probably not mentioned, but they were sort of main guys that you know used to go and race with and things. And so, no, a good good crowd. That, that, that's brilliant. So, uh, so yeah, I did that for so, well, yeah, just to sort of round it off. Really, I did that for five years, and um, and then got a proper job um, out of RC, and sort of got my love of the hobby back, and you know, then started racing a bit more, and you know, because uh, whenever I went racing, people would call you saying, "Oh, this has gone wrong," or "Can you post this back for us?" or "Can you do us a deal on this?" You know, so I kind of lost my love of it a bit, really, and sort, sort of got right into me my bike racing but um you know back enjoying it now as a hobby really and and getting to play with lots of different stuff and other brands that i didn't used to get involved in and things and so now it's been been good you know enjoyable time and uh yeah now now back in there back with a proper job and, and things were going good and you do have a, you mentioned then your other hobby yep. which is, again is something i mean just have no interest in whatsoever which is like motorcycles and motorcycle racing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and no, I've done that um, again probably since I was about, I think I had my first bike when I was about six or seven and, and uh, an old moped and kind of went up from there and did, did grass track and trials and motocross and road racing and, and done done quite a lot over the years done some enduros and uh, you know got into you know now I've got a family and things I don't get as much time to race anymore so just spend some time in the garage in the evenings having a tinker with the bikes and restoring a few old ones and bits and pieces so so now I've, I've done done a lot of lot of biking and still you know again big passion of mine and, and thoroughly enjoy it a bit dangerous and hurts when you fall off and break stuff but uh, no it's good fun well, okay. i highly recommend it <laughs> no no I, I don't i don't I think what's one of the things is where, again, so if you're somebody, I want to say, if you're listening to this now and you're someone from the good old days who maybe knows Mark or doesn't know Mark from the good old days and you think, well, maybe I might like to come chat on the podcast, talk about olden days. I'm not saying that's all you can do, Mark. <laughs> talk about, yeah. you know, NIMS and cycle oh, batteries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. But also, if you want to, and also, if there's, I, I've noticed now, again, it's not, and I know I'm the outcast of our organisation and, <laughs> hobby that i just don't do motorsports mm-hmm. but if the, the, there is some crossover over so if there's those kind of people who want to have a, a a chat or come on and do that then maybe you might want to uh, contact me and maybe get you put get you in contact with mark yeah, yeah uh, no and we could talk no. something out for the the time and of course and at this moment in time you know joey's sick uh poor joey so you know this should be joey it should, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure he'll be back soon once he's got over his man flu. Yeah, imagine. Imagine Joey losing his voice. <laughs> that, that'd be the best episode ever, I think. <laughs> I'm not saying a word. I don't know him well enough, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. No, he's he's a good lad. You know, it's, you know, I've enjoyed listening to him. He's cool. Okay. Well, no, get well soon, Joe. Yeah. Um. Um. So the only bit I'm going to do now is mm-hmm. I I went racing. Um, uh, yeah, I can't think what day it is today. I went racing on Sunday, uh, and for once, I didn't stay at home at Southport. I went all the way, thirty-five miles down the road, steady on to to, to Berry Metro. Ah, and how was that? It was good. Um, they won at what was the Radcliffe Sports. It's a really big. It, actually, the, the floor is probably similar to workshop surface. Oh right, yeah, yeah. But because we're northern, we put carpet on. Ah, yeah, got it. Yeah, got to protect okay. it. Uh, I, I, I think. No, I think they 
sort of I'd gone to carpet before the new honeycomb tire came out. Oh right, okay. Um, so so is it like is it like EOS carpet or is it like press? Yes. All oh, right, okay, yeah. What's well, a full no, carpet? They've, is they've, it they've got, got slippy bits as well? No, they're really good. The track I was um, I went to on Sunday and they built it the day before. Mm-hmm. It was a hundred percent carpet mm-hmm. with loads of features in, lots of jumps covered with carpet as well. Oh, cool. Excellent. So it was a really, really good setup. You know, it's run by Neil Bedess and Stu Wood and others whose names are Eddie. We'll go through them. The Broadbent. Those are the guys who sort of run it. And I always say it's always nice going to other people's indoors because I don't have to do anything. Yeah. And I think it's good generally just to go and race at other clubs, meet new people and things, you know, like, you know, sometimes on, on my travels and my job, you know, I'll drop in and race at Silverstone, you know, in the evenings there, which again is a wicked layout, you know, really, really good club. And, you know, I've raced at some in village halls before that I've, you know, just some random part of the UK and stuff. So now it's good. And, it, you know, I think it improves you as a driver and meet, meet other like-minded nutters into RC and stuff. So no, it's good. I think it's nice. it's always good to be able to put uh, names to faces because I say some people, you, you like say you're Facebook friends with people. mm, mm. But you might have actually not met them. Yeah, yeah, no. It's, it's, it's sometimes funny when you're at a race meeting and you, you sort of, you know, blatantly, you, you know, like each other's stuff on Facebook and things. But then they, you know, people seem a bit weird to actually come and talk to you face to face. You know, maybe the world's gone mad in, in, with technology. But uh, you know, it, uh, no, it's good. You know, like I say, good to go and meet meet people face to face and have a, have a good good catch up and things. Yeah, I love to walk up to other people's tables and just go, "Who are you? <laughs> do you know? Do you know? Do, who, I, do you know who I am?" <laughs> yeah, well, sometimes I well, it's your for me. It's a really good icebreaker. Yeah, yeah. I, I can I, hopefully I can do that semi ironically. Just go. Don't you know who I am? <laughs> I, I always find it very strange. Like, you want a toy car me? Don't know who I am. <laughs> yeah. Wow, you knew all. Yeah, how did you know that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and there was a, a couple of um, new people at Berry. Um, it was a, a great day. Everyone had a, a fun time. Uh, I, I did okay. Yeah, I was going to say, how did you get um, I, on? Yeah, I was okay. Um, I will say, typical things. Barry's very competitive. You know, there's lots of really good drivers there. Um, um, of course, though, all those names escaped me. Uh, Collinson from X-Ray, oh, from right. X-Ray, okay. our local uh, Evo with turns up. Mm-hmm. Oh, crikey, um, so some quick, quick F1 lads then. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, the Holdsworths, that's their home track. I think they won. I'm sorry, guys. I still struggle to tell which one's Josh and which one's Luke. But the Holdsworths, young lads, are ah, there. Yeah. Um, so, really good thing. So, I thought I did really well. I, I did struggle throughout the day, but with me, I just didn't know what I was struggling with. <laughs> right. going, Something's not right, and this is it. I'm saying, I'm just be just before me final. A, a really good friend of mine, a guy called Mark Anthony Jones. I don't know why he gets three names. And, <laughs> Maybe he's posh. <laughs> yeah, do you want to hear? He's, he's different. Um, so he, he picked me up and goes, "Oh my god, we just don't, really he doesn't drive a car. He show drives a Yokomo actually." Mm-hmm. Uh, and he just looked at it just before me final. It went better in that round, and he goes, "I watched that one. He needed more steering." Ah, oh, so it's god. a bit, bit like, oh. bit like Rich Barton. Then, like you can look at your car, go do this, do this, do this, and bang it. Drive is absolutely awesome. There's not, there's not many people that can do that, but it's great when, when it does go right and you can put the car down and it's, it's better. You know, it's a good feeling. Yeah, it's nice. Even I sometimes struggle to remember to ask other people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as you play your car, are you waiting? Oh, great! Just watch my car. Mm-hmm. Watch my car, 
and then just tell me what I'm going to change. I can I can help new people. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. But it's finding well, that like an extra, you know, that extra ten percent that that really makes a difference when you're sort of up to speed with racing. You know, that that probably you know you can't like you say like you can't spot when you you're driving it, but when when you got people watching your car go around, you know, uh, makes makes a big difference, and they can spot it straight away. And then I think what I, oh I'll tell you what I do need to talk about is is my final. Uh-huh. I've now qualified first in the D. Okay. Okay. Which for me is the worst position. Yeah, oh, I hate qualifying first in a, in a, in a lower final. You know, because it only go so, one way, can't it? It's only going one way. I was unlucky to um, the fellow in, who was last in the C had, had beat me on a faster time, equal points, really uh. close. So, but I, I, I got away. I got away okay. Now again, this is all because Berry used live time, so all these results are available online. I don't think there's a video, but the results are there. I, I might put them in the post. Um, and for most of the race, I was first or second. Mm-hmm. And most of it, I was first. Uh, I definitely wasn't the quicker car. The two cars behind me, I, I think, had been in my heat, uh-huh. and so they are, they were really quick and just would crash a bit. So I thought, oh, okay, I've got to keep it on its wheels, keep it on its wheels, it'd be fine. They'll crash. I'll I'll be all right. Yep, keep keep on its wheels um, and keep it steady. Dead easy. Up until about I think lap twelve. Where I, I was coming over it was like a, a pyramid style jump. Yep, I'm actually looking just... at some pictures of it now. I've gone on their Facebook page where I've been talking about oh. looking at the track. So there you go. Yeah, I can see I can see exactly okay, so, the bit you're talking so, about. Yeah. Yeah, so just to the centre to the left hand side is a little pyramid jump followed yep. by a a, a, a right hand. Well, I fell off the far side, mm-hmm. and of course, there's no way I can then. There's no marshal there. No, no. There's no, no way I can drive back on because the jumps there. Mm-hmm. But also, I can't drive off <laughs> because if you look, if I drove off, I'd be. I would have cut three corners. <laughs> yeah. So could... when people go, oh, do you know when you fall off the track and you go, oh my word, and the marshal puts you the wrong side, yeah, oh, yeah, what yeah. A terrible yeah. thing it is. I've literally fallen off the track three corners further forward <laughs> than where I was, right? And the two and cars two and three had they weren't directly behind me, but they were only a corner or two behind. Mm-hmm. So I just stood there and waited. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. And do, I waited know. till se- seconds and third came back round me again. I think it was a guy called. Stuart and, and Mark, they'd come back round me and then I just followed them round uh, with a lap to go. I'm sitting mm-hmm. there going, oh no. <laughs> but what, I always what go, could have been, eh? What could have been? Cause the glory of winning up, the D final. Like the glory of winning, <laughs> winning any final. Yeah, no, because no. Wins a win. You've got to take them every now and again. Haven't you? I, I'm a great loser. That doesn't bother me. Yeah. Do you know what, mate? I'm a terrible winner. <laughs> can, oh, you don't want to be... If I I'd won imagine. an E, you will know about it. God, imagine if you won a final in Vegas. Jesus. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure the Hunter King sabotaged me on purpose. Hi, Hunter. How are you doing? <laughs> I know you listen. <laughs> Probably a lossy plot. Yeah, exactly. Those um, damn lossy drivers. So, it, you know, but, but, but it was a great day. Everyone had a great time at Berry. Uh, the timing was great uh, the track work worked really well mm. uh great food i had a great time uh i you know because it's me i'd even forgotten me chair um and i think i'd i'd given them the wrong pt number oh, okay. but oh. instead of just saying hey there's no issues there they actually went back and historically looked at me times and, and gave me a half decent score oh that's all right um, then. It, it, it wasn't but, because i thought i should have got 
but I beat the fella sat next to me, which is my mate Steve Garner. Uh-huh, yeah. Which is clearly, that's the most important thing to do. Oh, yeah, you've got to have beat. the bragging rights between your mates, your racing mates, yeah, for sure. That is that is our only job, <laughs> to beat the fella sat next to you. Exactly. Um, so, oh, that's probably, uh, people have probably turned off now, or they would have skipped this and straight to get straight to Adam Skelding. That's so it. what we'll do is... Hopefully, people have learned a bit more about you. Mm-hmm. Talked about my racing. Yep. We'll, you'll, there'll be a small break, some classic jazzy music, whatever I can find from the internet. Yeah. And then we'll come in for um, your conversation that you've already had with Adam. Mm-hmm. And then at the very end, we'll just come back and chat about some podcast stuff. Is that okay? Cool. Perfect. Sounds good. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Thank you, mate. See you in a bit. Bye, Bye now. tonight's guest is adam skelding thanks a lot for coming on adam really appreciate you taking your time out your evening to spend some time with us uh, no problem mark how are you doing excellent yeah good thanks good thanks yeah all fine thanks mate how's things with yeah, you good. Uh, not too bad uh in my workroom sat uh practicing and hopefully what i've been preaching for a few years and actually fixing my car after a, ra- a race weekend oh, well rather than doing it at the track yeah, <laughs> or doing it the night before you get just suddenly decide, oh, I want to go racing and all. No, yeah, yeah, time. yeah, 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 and the thing falls to bits or something goes wrong. But obviously, manual yeah. caliber, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure that that never happens. Oh, god, yeah, yeah, you only think what I've got in front of me. Oh, blimey, <laughs> dear, it is. I assume that's your uh, associated that you're running now. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, the associated B6. We've got a B6.1 as well under the desk, I've built uh-huh. that up, but. Still sticking with the old car for the minute. Seems to be going pretty good indoors, actually. So yeah, yeah, no, they go great. The ones you know, really, really well. I know that people say the six point one's a good improvement over the six, and and you know, a bit quicker, a bit easier to drive. You know, quite a few yeah. little changes there and things. But yeah, I heard it's all good. Right. Okay. So, um, so yeah, obviously, for those that, uh, well, I'll just give you a bit of an introduction, really, for those that sort of oh, um, you. you know don't, don't really know you. Um, so, um, if you, yeah. Obviously, you've been around the, the national scene for, for many, many years. So, so where did you get started in, in RC? Where did it all start from? And obviously, you've been in the trade as well. So, you know, we'll obviously cover that in a bit. But where did it all start for you from from a sort of racing and RC perspective? Uh, I was actually able to, I had to think about this. Uh, <laughs> 1985, I think, was my first. And 85, maybe 86, 87, mm-hmm. I think. It's 86, 87, I think, was my first race meeting. Uh, before that, though, I was actually doing uh, motorbike racing. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to race uh, on the beach at Mablethorpe, and we used to do sand racing, did uh, like Southport beach race and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, not the two wheels that you're used. To. I used to race three wheelers. So, oh blimey, the, 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 the death traps, as, as we yeah, call them. Yeah, they, yeah, they were at the time. Yeah, um, blimey. My dad got me into into that, and then uh, one of my friends actually he had a, a Tamiya Hornet. And mm-hmm. we used to basically go over to the local park and be jumping around on a nine-hole golf course, causing havoc <laughs> in the jumping out of the uh, like the boomed greens and stuff. Oh, so, wicked! Uh, and then I think a bit of pestering for the parents, and I ended up with a Tamiya Falcon from Beatty's. Uh, so that'd be that must have been. I think it must have been eighty-five, eighty-six around then. Right, right, right. Uh, built it and basically. Bit like people do now, just bashing, just going and mm-hmm. messing around with your mates in the park and local car parks and stuff, and just sticking around with the car, really. Mm-hmm. Back in those days, it was uh, 
five minutes fun time for like best part of twelve hours charging. Time, <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. I remember, I remember, I remember the dream when I got a fast charger and another battery. You know, oh, was, yeah. uh, it blew yeah. my mind being able to you know keep keep going and going and going. That's still the obviously the resistor started glowing and the mechanical speedo and then yeah, so, yeah. So yeah, the three stage servo uh, powered. That's uh, it. Control at that yeah. yeah, five forty motor and. I know the kids. The kids. The kids don't realise how good they got it these days, do they? No, really don't. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the biggest thing I've noticed since since I started way back then. So, my dad then spotted something in the local paper, mm-hmm. and it was a local meet, a local club, and they're running behind the back of a pub near us called the Three Legged Stool. All right. And I turned up, absolutely no idea. Just turned up. It was in a car park marked out, and it was manual counting, so it was hand handwritten uh, score charts back in the day. But oh, blimey. I literally had no idea, didn't even know that it, that sort of thing existed. The yeah, yeah. Thing. So it was uh, good fun. And for the very first meeting, I ended up, uh, well, uh, bumping into uh, Carl Marsden. Ah, know that name. yeah, yeah. So I've literally known Carl since my very first race meeting. Oh, that's nice, yeah. And it was a uh, club run by the Allcrofts and Scopolites, uh, the Bassett Road Buggy Club. All uh, oh, right, so yeah. What has now, through a couple of morphings years later, has ended up being uh, what everyone knows now as Workshop, mm-hmm. uh, and is actually racing at the same venue that we used to race at back in those days. Oh, wow, that's awesome, yeah. So it kind of, a lot of it all came around full circle uh, mm-hmm. when we started uh, racing back in, uh, back in Workshop. Blimey. So, yeah. do you see, see many of the old faces at the work? You know, do you go to workshops sometimes and race there? Uh, I've stopped. I've stopped racing uh, there because it, it just got too long a day uh, mm-hmm. for me. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I stopped racing there about four or five years ago now mm-hmm. because I used to go and do the track on on a Saturday night. Right. Or All right, yeah, afternoon, yeah, so yeah. It's not taking a lot of time, and at that time, just got oh, got a young family, so yeah, yeah, no, fair enough. And it, fair start, enough. it starts to uh, it starts to. Uh, way down you a little bit and it's a long day when you're in there seven hours or from seven till seven twelve yeah hours. it's a sort of whole weekend isn't it you know yeah suddenly and oh. when you're young you don't really you don't really notice that when yeah you're yeah, yeah, and you, yeah. It, but uh, it was uh no uh, so i went uh, a couple of weeks ago to see mm-hmm. uh neil and uh, the guys still keep mm-hmm. in touch with a lot of guys from yeah 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 and it's good it's weird sometimes like you see a lot of old faces that you've recognized from years ago Mm-hmm. Uh, like a long time ago, it seems to be a hobby that has stood the test of time. From what I can gather, there's a lot of people who I've known from, like I said, when I first started racing. So James Helliwell, uh, mm-hmm. Carl Marsden, uh, trying to think of some other names now, Eugene Galley. Uh, oh, yeah, people, yeah, like, yeah. people like that that I've known really from my like, very first few meetings or very first like years or so of mm-hmm. racing, but have become good friends and it has it formed a Big part of my life, it's ended up becoming my job. So yeah, yeah I was going to say, so so you, you sort of went on from your your Tamiya days and at the or, you know the workshop club where the you know where the beyond the pub kind of thing racing. So when when did you um you know sort of take it up a step of you know sort of sorry I put my teeth back in um yeah. you know to sort of take it up a gear with with your racing you know was it um, did you kind of go the regional the national route um you know was that how it was done or yeah I think so I think it was like club meetings and gradually racing. So I mean I used to write. I was joking about this not long ago, actually. Um, I used to race six times a week. Oh, my God. Used to race. 
I, uh, basically, it was six times a week, and the other day that I didn't do, I played um, badminton. <laughs> Blimey, busy so, boy. Then that's probably why. You're, well, that's probably why you're pretty handy. Then all that practice when you're a youngster. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I think if you ask my dad, I think some of the practice just wasn't worth it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably cost him a ton of money and bits, and you know you won't get any yeah, quicker. Yeah, so yeah, but. Uh, it, we were in like a bit of quite a bit of a hotbed. We could race. I could literally race every day of the week. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, Monday, Golden Hind. Tuesday, Royal Marsh. Wednesday, Warsaw. Thursday, I played badminton, so I don't know. Friday, I uh, raced at Bassett Law. Saturday, again, another, there was like something going on on Saturday and Sunday. was like they're normally the bigger meetings, so I, maybe that's when they... Uh, I started to race at regionals, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. I actually don't know when my first regional was. That was something I really struggled to find. Oh, I've right. Got okay. a, yeah. I've got a lot of firsts. I, uh, my dad, a few years ago, gave me like a book with all my old racing photos. And oh, stuff. brilliant. All old cars. But yeah. Actually, first regional, I don't remember. Blimey. So, have you started buying back all the old stuff? Like, uh, you know, I know... Quite a few of the boys, like you know Lee Martin, etc., been buying Predators up and Lossy Double Xs and Cougar Two Thousands and all that stuff. So have you, have you sort of got that got in that habit yet or not? Uh, well, being an orphaner, I'm pretty tight with that sort of stuff. I've got <laughs> most of mine on my wall behind me. Oh, that's oh, uh, wicked. Oh, cool. Uh, so uh, I've got like a Double X Four, all my favourite cars. Oh, brilliant. Them. Oh, that's nice because a lot of people, a lot of people sold them to fund other cars back in the day, and then you know, then they're sort of gone yeah. forever, and you have to pay a fortune for them now. You know, a bit like yeah. I'm doing with my, you know, some of my RC tens and Cougars and other stuff I've been buying, you know, over the years. You know, so and I know Predators have gone a bit mad. You know, five, six, seven, eight hundred pounds for an old Pred oh, now. Great. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, gone, gone a bit crazy, isn't it? The old vintage, vintage stuff. So, yeah, so then, um, so what sort of age were you when you you kind of got into the, the national scene? Because I know you, uh, you you sort of did 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 quite a lot of national races. Uh, so I probably did my first national uh, maybe the year before I went to university. So I was probably eighteen. All right, okay. Maybe eighteen, nineteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, started. That's when it started to kick off. Kind of just about the wrong time. Normally, when most people. Yeah, I was going to say most people normally stop then, don't they? When yeah, they, but when I... they find you know booze, girls, uni, etc., and then you know they come yeah. back to it a bit later on, but. Yeah, so I got uh, almost leading a bit of a double life, really. So, like at university in Nottingham during uh, the way in Nottingham during the week and mm-hmm. weekends would be my dad would be knocking on the door on like a Friday or Saturday and would be off all over all over the country racing. Mm-hmm. And friends at university kind of sort of some got it, some didn't. When I moved mm-hmm. into the house in like second year, people kind of it was the same people, so they were just used to seeing my dad picking me mm-hmm. up and be off racing. Yeah. And a few of them actually turned up with Bill met um at down at Eden Park for a national one year. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, That's yeah, one of my one of my local ones. Yeah, so I took them out in a night out racing style and they were like, Oh, so this is why you do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just an excuse to go and get hammered, yeah. yeah like minded people. Oh yeah, back in the day and that's that's the other thing that really I've noticed recently is there isn't that sort of you see probably see it. Uh, footballers in the seventies mm-hmm. where they were like out on the on the town night before and then get up and go to a match. Yeah, yeah. And we were doing the same. We were like out the town, buzzing it up in a different part of the country, mm-hmm. and oh, then uh, getting up and trying to drive your car around. Yeah, in the yeah. I remember Booth saying, you know, like. Uh, 
miss it just about make it to the to, to the you know last round of qualifying hung over as anything you know smash the timing make you know make the a final and then crack on from there really so you know i think yeah probably the done thing back there but i know obviously like like any sport these days things have got a lot more professional now a lot, oh, God, more, yeah. a lot more techie and, and like, like anything from you know like me and you're pretty into our cycling and things you know the you know the, the way you train the way you eat you know everything else is, is so critical now to getting a good performance so yeah certainly you know sport oh, yeah. sport in general has moved on now yeah they uh yeah, the, the kids nowadays it is actually really nice to see because there's been a lot of, probably the last two three years i've noticed a few kids getting really good and it's nice to see fresh blood which mm. did seem did, did seem to stagnate a little where it was the same people yeah, uh, yeah, and there yeah. didn't seem to be a new generation of kids coming through, but now there's some really good talent like uh, Halls, Callens. I mean, I'm just picking one side to see from uh, the some of the WhatsApp groups I'm on, and they're just the kids now are ridiculous. And the, uh, Ben Smith, young lad from our region, yeah, yeah, he's got only 13, 14. Yeah, yeah, I know and, the lad you mean. Yeah, yeah, and you can see it. There's some people at, at that age; they've they've got it. And it's mm-hmm. great to see them that they've got it, and it's just then a matter of having getting the right support behind them and nurturing them to. Okay, people see it as just a hobby, but some people at that age it is. Mm-hmm. It's better than PlayStation. Yeah, yeah, massively. Yeah, gets, gets, gets them out of the house, gets them, you know, uh, out in the fresh air and, and interacting with lots of different people from lots of different ways of life. So there's a lot. I think there's a lot more to racing. Just generally, no matter what you're racing, you know, to all the people you meet in the paddock and, and everything yeah. else, you know, it gives a lot of good life skills, you know, outside of just the, the, the fun of competing and, and whatever, you know. But, you know, like, you've got people like um, you know, Paul Crompton, you know, who's, who's really yeah. come on this past couple of years and really pushing on with the, you know, the big names now, you know, doing all the EOS yeah, stuff he's... now. And he's we had a lot of help from Lee, etc. And, you know, it's really, really good to see. Like you say, there's fresh blood coming in and us old boys, uh, you know, when we come to hang oh, our no. transmitters up, that you know, that there's there's going to be people there and the hobby's going to carry on, which is, you know, like I say, excellent yeah, to see. Yeah, I think, uh, I think a lot of uh, technology recently did help. Like, it's one of the things I think, uh, brushless and lipo. Mm-hmm. Suddenly that made it so much more accessible. I mean, we joked about it right at the start, that kids nowadays don't know the ball. Mm-hmm. They, we're dry, they're driving around and like, oh, my, my car's on flat. I've done 25 minutes. Yeah, yeah. like struggling to do five. Yeah, tw- yeah. 1,200 I... milli- 1, milliamps to play with on a very slow car on grass. Yeah, 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 and you know, like, you'd have to sort of get, get it nice and smooth on the throttle finger and, and sit, you know, then you get that sort of dreaded last minute when the, you can start to feel the car that go and the cells are starting to dump, yeah. and you know, it's this horrible feeling when, you, when you're doing well, you know. So, and buying all the matched cells and the, the stock motors and the brush motors and the skimming and the oh god, you know, all the stuff we had to do back then, you know, it was a... yeah, but I think that's where Bush with some motors really helped. It's taken out the uh. The big bit, the big bit before was like you used to get cells, and if you didn't have the best cells, you were you were on a hiding to nothing to start. Mm, with. Mm, mm. But now the, the the playing field's level more, much more level. It's down to driving talent and setup. Yeah, um, massively. It, yeah. But you know, there's no nowhere to hide now. Have you pretty much got access to the same stuff? The cars are far too fast. Mm. Uh, you're not struggling. You can never say your car's not as fast as you can't make it as fast as someone else. They're all as quick as each other now, so it's just yeah. driving talent, which I think really helps, and I think that's 
where they obviously seems to have picked back up again on the racing side. Mm, mm. Yeah, no, massively, massively. So, um, so, so from your sort of uni days, obviously, I, you know, me, me and you first met at uh, Mirage Enterprises and, and HPI. Yeah. You know, um, probably. I don't know, fifteen years ago, I suppose. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. so know, known each other a while there. So, 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 from university, how did you um, get into the RC industry? Uh, well, by hook and crook, really. Uh, I started off at, um, after a year leaving uni with a degree in mechanical engineering. I started mm-hmm. off at um, learnt CAD software, then taught CAD software for or for two years for mm-hmm. Morton, with Autodesk. All right. Yeah. Then used. Uh, that got me into working uh, at a um, company who kind of headhunted me. I basically taught them how to use the software, and they were like, can we have you in our drawing office? <laughs> so I ended up in a drawing office of um, a powder processing company. So we designed machines that were like uh, eight metres tall and five metres in diameter, big oh, powder, okay. powder machines. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from, from there in... I think it was two set uh mostly down actually it was 2002 i got made redundant from there and uh jamie booth uh was at mirage at the time mm-hmm. knew that i'd got made redundant and said yeah there may be a job coming up soon uh, i'll put you in touch with uh jason who mm-hmm. i knew from racing days one of my first sponsors with the ryan and corrali back in the day yeah yeah and he said, no, that's, well, that's Jason Dearden, by the way, for those yeah. that, uh, that, that that don't know the names here. Jason Dearden, who, who sort of ran Mirage and, and, and involved in HPI, now Armour as well. So, yeah, just for a bit of background there. But, yeah, sorry, carry on, Adam. Yeah, so uh, I ended up uh, getting an interview and like, the job wasn't there at the start. So I started off in the warehouse and basically it was just tidying me over. It was just cash to kind of back up my redundancy pay at the time mm-hmm. while I was still searching for another job and... It uh, came to the crunch, and then basically I said, "Well, if, if there's nothing going to be happening, then I'm going to have to move on." Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said, "Right, let me uh, let me talk to the guys in the states." And within I think a week, I was in the states. Oh wow! Uh, for four weeks, getting trained up on SolidWorks, which mm-hmm. I've been using now since you know, 2002, and basically meeting the guys at HPI, and uh, and that was it. At the start of uh, so, yeah, I was at HPI for seven, eight years uh, designing cars, which was kind of the job I wanted to do from when I was at doing A-level. Yeah, yeah, no, but I bet, um, yeah, there's worse things to be drawing and designing. And obviously, the, uh, you know, I, I know I know nowadays, you know, people just buy the car, look at the setup online and chuck it on the track and they're, they're pretty damn fast. But obviously, the engineering that goes behind all the geometry and and, and the materials that we use and the flex characteristics. And, you know, when you start um, breaking it down from an engineering perspective, you know, there's, there's, you know, so much to it. And when, you know, I take, I, I remember, you know, walking past you when, when you sat at your machine with, you know, a stack of cars under your desk, you know, with the calipers out measuring stuff, looking at what the competition are up to and things and, and all the different materials you had there. And you now this was the time before obviously 3d printing was pretty big. So, you know, you, you had to do a hell of a lot of homework, I suppose, before you got to, um, you know, injection mold tools made and all that, that great cost, uh, you know, there, there yeah. as well. So, so what, what was, um, so from, a, um, you know, your, your HPI days, you know, so what were some of the standout vehicles that you, that you sort of designed and worked on then? Uh, so um, working on first was 
uh, when I started there, was the re- release of the Savage. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, that was a pretty groundbreaking trip back then. Mm, God, Didn't yeah, really... such, such a popular, but you know, sold. Really I don't know good. how many. I don't know how many were, were sold, but oh, you know, thousands. tens I mean... of hundreds of thousands. You know, loads globally, wasn't there? Oh yeah, it was. Uh, it was a massive car. It was one of those projects that they got. They really did get right. They hit the nail, sweet bang in the head, mm-hmm. and yeah, and it, it outstripped him. And I remember the first batch coming in, and it was it, it went out the door straight away, and we were like then rushing for the next batch. But I uh, didn't really do much design. It was a lot of testing. Mm-hmm. Um, so around that time, it was nitro engine was a big thing in nitro fuel because batteries just weren't that good. We were mm. still on NICAD batteries that weren't even on nickel metal hydride back then mm-hmm. the batteries weren't great so you didn't get a lot of runtime out of your electric car so nitro fuel uh, was the big uh, bashing scene uh, mm-hmm. where people got a lot of fun bang for the buck yeah and once we got the engine sorted because getting a, an engine of that size and a truck that big was quite a fiddle and getting a fuel tank to get a decent runtime it used to get like 10 minutes out of the tank mm-hmm. um it was quite hard work and um, many blistered fingers from pull start back then <laughs> with nitro fuel on your fingers. Yeah. And I remember speaking to Jason, who came up, uh, Jason did, and he came up and found me when I was testing. I said, what do you think to it? And I said, this is the most fun I've had with my pants on. For <laughs> long. <laughs> because like, there was just nothing like it then. Yeah, They were so quick and you could backflip and forflip them, you know, they were they took an it absolute so pounding, fun. you know, and, and uh, yeah, you know, I remember all the demos that, that uh, you know, me, you, Greg, et cetera, did, you know, absolutely brilliant time, you know, in the British touring cars and other stuff back then that HPI okay. were involved in. So, you know, obviously some of the stories we can't talk about on air, but, you know, yeah. um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so, you know. It's after show. Yeah, exactly, yeah, the VIP a podcast that no one gets to listen to but uh yeah you know yeah absolutely yeah groundbreaking car so you know uh, and uh, it's still going today isn't it you know it's obviously very yeah. it's had various evolutions but you know sort of your handiwork has played part in such a you know yeah, so, ground groundbreaking car really yeah so that was a lot of testing mm-hmm. but the first car I really got my teeth into uh hbo was a sprint two which was um an rtr like touring car mm-hmm. well. it was basically a club racer, cheap spec, good handling. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was the first car I actually got to work on, uh, on my own. And mm-hmm. I think that launched 2000, end of 2003. Mm-hmm. And that, even that car is now still going to this day. I think yeah. that's been through some evolutions. It's still the basic, same basic car. I think it oh, brilliant. Brand, yeah. So. Yeah, nice to good. see, but mm. a lot of stuff at HPI after that was um, a lot of R&D testing it, i was mainly on the testing side so we'd get the mm-hmm. cars go and test them bash them to death and just improve them until we got them to a point where they were good enough for customers to uh, to actually take or go and go out and buy mm-hmm. because going right from the original first samples to um final production it depends on the car it, it can be quite a short uh short timeline or quite a long timeline mm-hmm. it depends on if it's really really a new car or is it just an evolution of something that's already out there but uh so you do take a lot of time or getting cars right uh even nowadays it's even actually probably even more nowadays because there's so much so much competition and you've got to mm. get things right the power of the internet now where 
people can uh, rate and slate online. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I mean, it's, before it was model shops that passed around the information, and they were your. You go into a model shop and ask, "Oh, what's your best car?" And mm. now you don't go to a model shop; it's you go online, and everything's instant. It's, yeah, yeah. It's there, and so you've got to be careful. You've got to make sure you've done the research and and time uh, up front in testing the car and making sure that it's good for the kids to go and uh, and the dads to go and buy. Yeah, yeah. Because normally the dads that sold yeah. the money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, too right, too right. Oh, brilliant. So, so then, um, you know, from your sort of HPI days, I know that uh, you know, obviously, Hot Bodies were the or HB Racing as it is now. You know, Hot Bodies yeah. was a, was a, a brand within the HPI group, as it were. So, and I suppose with your off road background, you, you started having to play with the D four. And was that was there a um, somebody sent us a question actually? Um, you know, was there was a Hot Bodies car that they saw at the Nationals? I think it was a two wheel drive that never actually yeah. made production, was it? But you know, obviously, yeah, have talked to us a bit about the Hot Bodies cars and how that came around. Yeah, so uh, the race site, uh, we had um, the owner of Hot Bodies, Tatsuro, uh, had a um, always loved his racing, and he uh, that's how he started HPI, which basically the first thing he did was a racing motor. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was. Um, yeah, so around 2005, 2006, maybe seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, about seven, because it was around the world when the Hot Bodies D4 prototype first started getting wheeled around. And mm-hmm. it was a uh, shaft drive, four-wheel drive car. And so basic natural progression, because my racing side uh, helped out with uh, one of the designers, um, not really on the design side, again, just testing and mm-hmm. giving feedback. That's what it was. It was working with guys like Hara, mm-hmm. um, Travis, um, the Mexico, and, yeah, yeah, um, Hayato Matsusaki, who ended up winning a world, but not with our car, which was weird. Was a two-wheel <laughs> drive world, <laughs> but uh, yeah, just working with those guys and just getting getting a car again. It was a time when um, a lot of car. A lot of people had some scratch building cars or four wheel drives. A lot, a lot of four wheel drive scratch building going, mm-hmm. going on when Brushless first started coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of belt drive cars are really struggling, so people were dodging together TC threes into off road cars. Yeah, that Mister O thing and, and all of that. Yeah, I remember that. And, yeah, and so... X fives and and you know double X fours getting wheeled out and you know yeah all that stuff. Yeah. And I, you know, so, obviously, I remember that. You know, I remember the car in you know my region. It was a really, really popular bit of kit. You know, I remember selling plenty myself from my um, HPI yeah. days, and you know, it was, a, it was a great car. It looked really, really nice. All the nice carbon and purple alloy, etc. You know, it was a yeah. lo- lovely bit of kit, and you know, um, drove really, really well. Nice and safe and easy to drive, and very quick as well. So I know, I know it's pretty, um, you know, popular, popular car back in the day. Yeah. So to go to that guy's question, um, yeah, there's a hot body D2 on my wall. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Uh, Blimey. So it will be the one you saw at the National. It made uh, made an A-final with it at Southport National. And we, 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 were you driving it? Yeah, first time out. Wow. Uh, that's, that's, a, was... that's, that's pretty damn impressive. You know, obviously, A, that, you know, brand new car and, and obviously making an A-final on its debut. You know, it's well impressive. Yeah, so we, um, where did we go to? We went to uh, America to Hot Rod Shootout. So there's me, Hara. Uh, Travis and Jesse Roberts ran the car mm-hmm. and it went really well. Uh, Travis won a leg of the main with uh, the Hot Rod Hobby Shooter <laughs> with, with the car. And it was 
a really good car. Uh, I mean, a lot of people looked at the idea of having a metal uh, chassis down the middle and plastic side pods and thought it was crazy. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Know. Now, 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 um, now, now look at all the cars these days, eh? Yeah, so it was, I mean, okay, it was quite wide back then when you look at it, but mm. uh, I mean, some of the, um, I know my styling sometimes, like, I still get pulled up for it now that my styling is a little bit form follows function. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a really good car. It had it was a mid-motor version that never broke cover either. Mm-hmm. So there was basically one where uh, the gearbox, because at that time the X-Factory, Hara had also tried running the X-Factory. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the X6, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so we swapped, uh, well, I drew up a gearbox so it would go the other way around and fit in the car. Mm-hmm. So there was a mid-motor version. It wasn't. Blimey. So it's quite ahead uh, of quite ahead of its time then, yeah. Because I suppose back, uh, I suppose back then it was all B four. Was that the B four era associated with B four? Yeah. So it was ba- yeah. yeah. Next to it is my old B four. Uh, so they do look very similar because at that time the B four was a, an all dominating car. Mm, mm. In the UK, Neil at that time I think he was unbeaten for two years. I think he did like twelve. Two-wheel drive A final. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's an amazing platform for I mean, AE, wasn't it? Yeah, it's not just the car. I mean, it's, a, it's not a bad driver. Oh yeah, so, yeah. No, it's pretty handy, O'Neill. So um, yeah, so it was nice. A uh, bit of a tear in my eye when that first run. I mean, I, I was like a B final driver, mm-hmm. B C final driver. Two wheel yeah. was never my forte. Mm-hmm. And then that first run, and I think I was six. Wow, that's awesome. And people like, had like, turned and suddenly, what's that is running? Yeah, yeah. Because it did look a little bit like a B4 at the front, yeah, but it yeah, wasn't. Yeah. I just, I mean, one of those things I'd come back just from two weeks of driving in the States, so I was pretty, I've been driving for a while and it just ingrained into me, okay, a different surface, but. Uh, oh, brilliant. So, so how, how come it never made um, no production then? Or was it was yeah. it sort of was it you know um, kind of just before the the mid motor thing really kicked off or and it kind of you know before it got sort of dedicated cars or what was the story there? It'll uh, I don't know. Oh, I really, okay, <laughs> I, I really don't know. It's one of one of one the of... reasons I ended up. Um, not one of the reasons it was in the back of my mind that I ended up when I left mm-hmm. HPI. Yeah, yeah. It was always a little bit of. Um, I suppose it. I suppose it. I suppose it depends on you know the 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 you know the business case behind it, the money, the investment to go to to full production, etc. So you know somebody somewhere probably had to make a decision, and and unfortunately, you know, with with how quick it was on track, it didn't didn't make it. You know, it didn't it didn't seem to uh, add up though that all the molds were already made. Oh really? Oh crikey! Right. I I mean, it's a molded car. It's the car I've got on my wall. Is there's not one bit of. 3D printing. So it's, it's pretty much the finished started. article you've got set there and in your workshop. Yeah. There. So it was, um, it was a little hmm. bit confusing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Toward when I ended up leaving HP, it was I remember in my leaving interview, it was one of the things they were like asking what they, what could they have done. I'm like, well, could have uh, could have helped me release the D2. Yeah. yeah <laughs> There's exactly, nothing yeah. wrong with it. Yeah. Well, yeah. A few finishing touches, but. It yeah. Was, uh, oh, mad, what, isn't it? Oh, what a shame, um, you know. That could have, you know, it, you know, what could have been? I imagine you must think to yourself, you know, how quick could that car have gone? You know, if you'd. Uh... Yeah, yeah. Never, uh, probably never realised its full potential at that time. But mm-hmm. Quite, it's a sad thing, but 
quite nice that I've still got one and I know. Crikey, so yeah. Point. It's nice to prove a point with your own car. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I can imagine, you know, I've, uh, you know, ne- never, uh, you know, I've got a few friends that have, uh, you know, knocked up some cars in the past, you know, we, we uh, um, you know, the Predators that were made down when Team Extreme, you know, friends with those guys and Will Johnson, yeah. who's knocked up some of those lovely aluminium cars, the Vegas and, and, and some of the prototype stuff he's working on yeah. now, you know, it must be a lovely feeling to see something you've made, you know, go, go really, yeah. really well on track with your own designs and ideas, you know, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, so, go on, Troy. No, I was just going to say, so from the, um, so obviously from you leaving, you know, HPI and, and, and Hot Bodies there, so um, was it on straight onto Durango then, was it after that or? Yeah, it was uh, straight onto Durango at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, my boss, Jason, had left HPI as well and uh, I got basically tapped up um, and asked if I wanted to uh, go and work at Durango Brilliant And uh, starting job was like team manager role so basically starting off with nothing mm-hmm. uh, I, well uh, I have the first Durango 410 that came into the UK which was a prototype on the wall mm-hmm. as well that was basically where I started with that car and again, going going and running. I remember uh, that was back at Southport again. All right, uh, yeah, yeah. Taking it to Southport and going and giving the car a run with no spares whatsoever. It was just a kit. That's mm-hmm. it. <laughs> uh, quite scary. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. But, uh, don't break anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's only um, one in the world. Yeah. But it was, uh, yeah. So it was a big job, big opportunity to basically get a race team. Wow. From the ground up, which uh, it went really well. Mm. Uh, oh yeah, no, it, I've, I've it was had great. Uh... We had uh, we had a great few years with uh, Durango getting a four wheel drive. It became quite quickly one oh, of the cars. It was a, an amazing, you know, amazing piece of kit. You know, I think I've probably in my time I had, I reckon I've owned at least eight four tens in the time. You know, they're at, mm. like, I used to basically wear them out, sell them on, and buy another one. You know, they're absolutely brilliant bit of kit. And I know down in in the southeast where I live and race, you know, the it was hugely popular. The four wheel drive class. I don't think there was a couple of B forty fours, and the, the the rest of the whole meeting was was four tens. You know, it was a yeah. game change. You know, the gear diffs and 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 you know the, the quality, the instructions, the, the the finish on on the whole product was was absolutely awesome. You know, and the the, the unique design. Um, and you know, I, I reckon you know I've got I've got one in my workshop actually hung on the wall with my original first you know paint job on it um from, from mm. back in the day i kept hold of the shell but bought a car in bits uh, a few years ago and, and, and hung it up but you know i reckon if you still stuck some modern gear in it it'd still be a super quick car against all the current four-wheel drives out there yeah i think uh yeah, i think it, it, it was a very good car it may have it started to get a little bit long in the tooth and i think it's one of those you you think it might be quick enough but I guess yeah, maybe may, may, maybe it's rose tinted glasses and all that, but uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, didn't have anything to do with the original car. Uh, that was all. That was all good. And that, that was, uh, well, it was yeah, Michael, Michael Volmer, wasn't it? Yeah, and then Gerd, yeah, Gerd. Gerd was uh, you know involved on the design and test side as well, wasn't he? Yeah, because I mean that car had been around in many forms from like two thousand and two, two thousand and one. I think. Mm, I mean, mm. Gerd. Everyone knew Gerd as Mister Durango. Yeah, yeah. The original scratch builder. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, a bit of a legend, of a bit people. of a legend in the sport, wasn't he? And him and Yawn, you okay. know, knocking up cars and going racing and winning, you know, it was a incredible yeah. uh, sort of dynamic duo, weren't they? Really? Yeah, a very talented guy, uh, amazing guy to sit down. Once, once he actually, uh, once he learned a fair bit of English. I mean, my German was 
broken at best. <laughs> uh, back from like three, four years of GCSE, but yeah, actually speaking to the guy and what he went through to learn how. I mean, he was uh, born in East Germany, so he all his workshop stuff uh, that he did in his younger life was. Mm-hmm. Basically, behind like the Iron Curtain and Climber. all his workshop stuff was just to sit down and talk to the guy for an evening was really good. Yeah, I bet. Really, one of the nicest guys. I mean, he's got a good old temper on him, but a lot of it was just pure passion. Mm-hmm. Um, really that? nice guy, really nice guy to meet and, and chat to and like spend 15 20 minutes of your life with just to uh, get a good, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, wicked. That sounds cool. You know, yeah, a bit of a, you know, like I say, legend, legend in the RC game, you know. So, so yeah. from um, obviously working with, with those guys and things. So, so what, what, what did you design yourself um, when, when you were, you know, with, with Durango? Uh, so, Durango, I, uh, Michael uh, left mid 210 and I ended up picking up the like back end of the 210. So, we mm-hmm. kind of got it to a point, but it just needed production engineering. Oh, right, okay, yeah. So Michael had done a lot of the design, and then I ended up picking up the uh, the end of that car mm-hmm. and basically production engineering it to uh, to release. Mm-hmm. And the first time that car got uh, raced was at Upal. In, oh, right. I think it's Upal in the National in 2010, I think. And who, we had Hupo come over from Austria. Mm-hmm. And he'd done a lot of work with the car as well. Um, ideas bashing backwards and forwards between with him and Michael and Gerd, uh, and then with me towards the end. And when we came, when he came over and raced it, he had the same, same thing that he wanted to win. He said, you only get uh, a statement that's always stuck with me. You only get one chance to win the first time with a car. Yeah. 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 Cocky, yeah. And when it stuck, it stuck like that. And afterwards when uh, he TQ'd and won two wheel drive with that car, it was a big moment. We had, we had a big hug. Yeah, it, I bet. It was. Yeah. It was one of those moments where you not you'll not have this chance. That's the first meeting that it people it is broke like. Yeah, yeah. Run it, prove how good it is. And so, so I think we had it, you know, the, the, I, sp- the I suppose I suppose the old adage is, you know, race on Sunday, sell on Monday, isn't it? You know, and that was probably yeah. exact exactly that, you know. I mean that I mean that was a groundbreaking car again because it was uh, it had the rear motor, mid motor, same gearbox. Mm. And so three and was... th- and three and four gear, and then you know, and, and yeah. I, I suppose uh, one thing that must make you smile now is that that slipper arrangement. I know on your six point one, you've got uh, built up. You know that must uh, bring memories back of that slipper yeah. setup. You know, <laughs> it did. It did when I first built it. Cause I, I didn't really. You're like, hang on, uh, hang on a minute. I've seen this somewhere seen before. This before. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it, it's great because it was. Uh, my, I mean, Michael had come up with that uh, that idea, and it was a great. A very simple idea mm. and it's one of those where you look at it afterwards and you think why didn't people do that before yeah and those, yeah. Are, the, those are the great ideas where afterwards you look at them and you think ah yeah that just works why didn't we think of that before why is it been why has it been wrong for all those years <laughs> yeah yeah but it worked um and yeah it's uh, a few little things have gradually eked out into uh, other cars where the mid uh being able to swap your gearbox around the x-ray can do it now mm-hmm. it has to have two gearboxes because we still have the patent yeah for the uh oh. for the other one and it's uh it is nice to see but 
Um, and I suppose the, t- the 210 was, a, again, like the 410, was a massively popular car, you know. I know a lot of the 410 owners, when, when as soon as the two-wheel drive broke cover and, like you say, had that fantastic result, you know, the, they, they were sort of queuing up, paying deposits. And, and yep. I, I'm sure, again, you sold tons and tons and tons of 210s, you know. Oh, God, yeah. Again, it was another car we couldn't couldn't keep enough stock. They were, it's always the same with a brand-new car, whichever company, I think, makes them. Mm. it's a, a new car but when it was our first two-wheel drive people wanted to match the four-wheel and then you've got brand similarity when you're racing two classes well we tried you can't with two and four-wheel drive it's hard to keep parts are the same but you try to keep as many as you can mm-hmm. for yourself and for the customers to keep car parts cost down for you and also yeah yeah two cars running even down to hinge pin length mm. it might seem trivial but we try and keep hinge pin length the same if we can Mm. Yeah, nice. Yeah, makes sense. If we can, it? if we can, like take a millimeter off a wishbone and it not reduce the strength, we will do. If we can keep the expensive part, which is the hinge pin uh, or the heavy part, and just keep stuff the same, try and keep it the same throughout the car. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes total sense for the consumers and obviously from a manufacturing perspective as well. Mm. You know, um, so so obviously the two ten and the, the four ten evolved over over quite a few years, didn't they? We had sort of the the original car, then the V two, V three, V four, and yeah, V five. Yeah, um, they are. You know, yeah, and, and was, then, yeah, many many different variants of the cars. Just tried to, because it was an expensive car when it came out. Mm, mm. It seemed like it at the time, but now probably it's not. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. And so we tried to bring the cost down to get uh, basically taking out of the car where we could mm, mm. needed cost because yeah. then people could go back and upgrade in the end because a lot of people wanted the kit and then it, you've got to get it to the masses first rather than it being an elitist car. Yeah, you wanted yeah. to get uh, like everyone to have one. Mm, mm. So uh, yeah, so yeah, two ton and four ton went through uh, quite a few variations, and then. Uh, then obviously the uh, then then probably the you know when we got to the sort of V five era I suppose that was a kind of demise of um, of, of Durango I suppose you know obviously I know that there's obviously been lots in the in the press and online etc you know as to to, yeah. to you know I, I don't know the exact truth of of, of what went wrong you know um, don't know if you can shed any light on it or, or maybe yeah. maybe you do maybe you don't I don't know but uh, you know I, I think uh, the big thing it. It's racing is quite is the thin end of the wedge. Mm. Uh, both in both in terms of this is not sending disrespectful to any companies or anyone out there. It is just the thin end of the wedge. Mm. Mm. We do uh, as racers only see the racing side of the hobby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the bit that pays the guys' wages is the. Uh, is I suppose the red, the, the ready to run stuff. Yeah, and you know, and like, it, like, it, like. as as a racer, you don't. I mean, even me. It, it took a while for me to get used to that because I just raced. I didn't. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Why, why, why would you want to have fun with a car? You know, it's, it's a racing machine. You know, why would you exactly, want to go and yeah. jump it thirty feet in the air and backflip it and do all that kind of mad stuff? You know. Yeah. Until you actually go and do it. Oh and yeah, yeah, like, no, it's, it's, yeah. It's awesome fun. Yeah. Too right. So too right. yeah, paying paying people's wages. It starts. It just starts getting mm, expensive. Mm. And, and I suppose when you're running race teams and, and win bonuses and, and this, that and the other, you know, it probably, yeah. it probably gets sales, a bit expensive. If sales don't back it up, then unfortunately it's uh, it's the first thing that's going to go. Mm, uh, mm. Yeah, yeah. The ready-to-run side of the business was doing great and uh, 
Maybe. So was that armor yeah. they ready to, to run side? Was it, or was that was yeah. that a different different sort of uh, no, lot, lot of people? Was, no, it's uh, the same. Basically, the same group of guys who mm-hmm. um, it's all been the same company, right? Uh, okay, yeah, start, uh-huh. uh, in the UK, uh, just we've had different owners, right? Uh, okay, yeah. So we we were owned uh, first locally, and then by uh, we ended up getting bought out by Hobbyco. Mm-hmm. Like you say, everyone can read read on the internet what's mm-hmm. happened. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to try and get into. I mean, there's stuff on there that I don't even understand. <laughs> yeah, I bet, I bet. So. I'm still uh, still in the job. We're all doing great. Uh, mm-hmm. So you still so, so obviously for those that don't know, Armour do uh, you know again big in the big in America. You know, big big uh, into the kind of ready to run bashing scene. Yeah. You know, um, uh, it's, it's, it's it's pretty it's a it's a big brand on a global level, isn't it? Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, it's one thing that uh, we'd like to be. We're going up against people like Traxxas and mm. Tamiya, and I mean, okay, maybe not Tamiya because that's a hard, always a hard one because they <laughs> are a big brand, but they are mainly a plastic model kit, which people don't, which people don't see. And the RC side is. Yeah. Uh, it's probably not as huge a ready-to-run market, but uh, we're going we're going up against people like Kyosho. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Traxxas is the big, the big one. Oh uh, yeah, the one, yeah. It's the one that everyone wants to uh, wants to beat, and that's basically our. We need to be better than them. We're both delivering excellent products, uh, customer service. We've got the backing of Horizon now, mm-hmm. and it's something that hopefully over the next. I mean, we're still in our infancy with Horizon, mm-hmm. uh, but the group of guys in the UK who are designing the product are still the same group of guys. All right, okay. And, and is that still so, what you're doing these days? You know, so you're still yeah. within the industry so, and when working for Armour now? Yeah, so basically for the last ooh, three years now, since three, three years, I think, since we stopped with uh, Durango, mm-hmm. we've basically working on the Armour brand. Right, right. And we've done uh, great products over the last few well, few years. Got a picture on my wall with all of, all of the guys and all of our cars that we've got asked to like, pick our favourite car and mm-hmm. we all had our team photo taken with them. Oh, cool. Oh, because we have done really, I mean, a lot of the guys, we're all really proud of the cars we've done mm-hmm. the, under the radar because they're not racing. But yeah, they yeah. are uh, getting plaudits uh, in the bashing world for how tough they are. Innovation, basically the innovation that we've learned through racing, we can now pass on and put into RTR cars and get them handling better. So it's not just something with friction dampers that bobs around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cheap. Yeah. It's cheap and cheerful doesn't cut it anymore. It's got to the quality. It's got to last. It's got to basically have the seven shades of beat kicked out of it. Yeah. <laughs> and then come back for more. And just keep coming back. I mean, some of the stuff we see the guys doing now where they're jumping like 30, 40 feet over the... Yeah, yeah. Like stuff that you take your motocross bike on. And they're yeah, taking yeah, our cars yeah. over it. And we, we look at them and think, like, okay, we've tested our, tested them at like BMX tracks and gone big with them. But they're going like way bigger than we Next level, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're no. coming back for more and we just... That's... I mean, we had one a video, one of the guys said, like, we should be proud about it. The car that we cars that we produce now because they are they are amazing vehicles. So mm, the, mm. for the for the amount of 
if we wind back right to the start of this interview now and said like how much our first RC car was, yeah, yeah. and how fragile it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your batteries would. You couldn't get five minutes out of it because the batteries would go flat. If you hit something hard in the cold weather, it would tear the corner off. Yeah, yeah. And now I... we've got to do that all over the world in like hot weather, in cold weather, and it's got to do the stuff that you can only imagine. And it's got to do video game stunts in yeah, the real yeah, world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it's I'm just having a. I just had a quick, quick click onto the Armour website, and you know. Fantastic little website and some awesome looking bits of bits of kit there, you know, the short course trucks and the, the big monster yeah. trucks truck and sort of eighth rally cross cars you've got there and the short courses and things, you know, look absolutely awesome. And I know, um, you know, my I've got two young boys and, and they watch these, you know, YouTubers like there's there's a, a lot they watch called the sharers, you know, these yeah. family of kids that have got Lamborghinis and a whopping great house in the States, you know, and they're often doing a bit of RC as well. And and I've seen some of the armor cars on on, on, on their YouTube channel and you know they're thrashing them across they put paddle tars on them and take them across a lake you know oh, and yeah. they do all this other crazy stuff and huge jumps with them and, and other things so you know you know absolutely you know brilliant bits of kit and like you say for, for three or four hundred pounds now you're getting a 70 mile an hour brushless car that can take an absolute pounding that that can run for you know 20 minutes half an hour on a charge and you know absolutely amazing bang for your buck and, and like you say from the you know the obviously the the small scene of racing you know i'm sure the um you know this this kind of ready to run must probably sell 10 to 1 of the race kits you know it'd be interesting to see the statistics you know but i know i know that um quite a few companies were saying that the you know the rock crawling scene as well you know that's a really really big scene and again yeah. the amount of kits and and accessories that they sell for that compared to the race side is 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 absolutely incredible but you know i think we've got we've got to thank really i suppose that that companies like armor and, and people like yourselves for the rtr stuff to keep the racing going and keep the industry going really because without you know without the consumers buying these rtr cars you know we wouldn't have the investment in the the race teams and the race designers and, and everything else that goes with it so you know it's a it's, it's a good thing really yeah yeah i think um uh, it's uh just one of those things that don't think people realize in racing i certainly didn't and it's, mm. uh, it is uh it's nice when now we can do now it's kind of weird now racing's become a hobby again Mm-hmm. Well, it did become my job. It's now back to being my hobby. So now I'm sat here with my car on its setup blocks and like trying to work out uh, what's bent from uh, from yesterday's <laughs> race. <laughs> you don't. You surely you don't crash a man of your talent. Oh yes. Oh, no, I just the crashes I have are bigger than they used to be. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose you're pushing on, you know, and yeah, yeah. like you say, the the the, the accidents are more spectacular when you're trying to keep up with these youngins these days. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, brilliant. Brilliant. Oh, wicked! Oh, that's cool. So that's that's been spot on, you know. So and so, so obviously you're um running your um associated cars now, like like we spoke about at the beginning of the interview there. So mm. you, what what were your sort of plans with you with your racing coming up? Are we going to be seeing um you back on the national scene, or are you just going to do some club stuff for fun? Or, uh, or, or I do a lot of a lot of club racing around here. Um, mm-hmm. There's a local club uh, that I go to uh, called Manor RC. They race just down mm-hmm. the road, uh, it's like eight miles from my house. They start at two. It's again. Oh, oh brilliant! Yeah, so it, it doesn't it, impact on family life and things. Yeah, you know? and it's a guy that I met at my first ever race meeting. Ah, okay. Again, it's come back full circle. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he and what, are they, what indoors on on carpet is it on a on a Sunday yeah. afternoon? Yeah, so it's two. Uh, we 
doors open at like one forty-five. It's on mm-hmm. black EOS carpet. Um, All right. Yeah. Go down. Everyone sets the track up. It's pretty big hall. It's really warm. Uh, we get. Uh, well, yesterday was like uh, one of their uh, club meet, uh, like the trophy meeting, as they call it. So it's mm-hmm. one of the rounds of the series. So it's full, six heats of eight drivers, which is enough for an afternoon. Yeah, brilliant. It, yeah. You start at two. Uh, mm-hmm. You finish at. Well, we're out of the hall and home by six. Well, out of the hall by six. Yeah, yeah. And oh, in that time, we get four rounds of qualifying and final. Oh, excellent. And so oh. then, like, you go back and ask why I don't do workshop where I've just done exactly the same amount of racing in 12 hours. Yeah, 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 I bet, I bet. Uh, so, yeah, it's great. And also now, uh, I've got a, a young daughter, and she occasionally races, but we go on a, uh, a Friday night to a local club. Now, this is real old school racing. Mm-hmm. It's uh, a kitchen egg timer. Oh, my God. <laughs> right. five, five minutes, no lap yeah. time. No lap time. Oh. oh, blimey. So, basically, you turn up. It's free tea, coffee, and pop all night. All right, pop, yeah, yeah. So, like, pop for all you southerners will be... Uh, yeah, that's it, yeah, yeah. For, uh, for Coke. Uh, <laughs> and, basically, uh, they have... Uh, it's a really small hall. It's probably three lanes wide and maybe five lanes long if that yeah yeah so it's, it's small uh but they race minis too. so guys who go racing there jamie booth all right yeah dave bailey uh oh blimey that's the leg- legendary yeah, names so just it's real i mean i ended up um meeting guys who i idolized when i was a kid, or a kid at racing so jamie real mm, mm. a lot of people know who jamie is and yeah he's yeah. become one of uh, one of best friends through mm. racing and Basically, uh, watching him and his lad race the minis together is hilarious. And yeah, I've, I've, seen, I've, I've seen the photos of them, yeah. you know, de- destroyed on uh, on Facebook. You know, Jamie and his lad. Yeah, you, you know what's coming when those two get together on the track. It's just very hard. <laughs> and, uh, so my daughter started racing mini, and that's great to just see her because she enjoys going because there's no pressure of lap timing. Yeah, yeah, she just yeah, just a... going. Yeah, although, that's nice and a good bit of touch, you know, sort of father and daughter time together there. Yeah, and although uh, early on this year at Upal, she wanted to race um, in the like kids race, mm-hmm. which they just have a one-off kids race, no practice. So I put a car down, and she set off, and she set off right near the back because she'd raced before. Mm-hmm. She's probably only done like three, four actual meetings in a line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she set off near, the, really close to the back. By the end of the mm-hmm. first lap, she was second. And then she had a race-long battle with this lad who does actual racing, and he set mm-hmm. off way back. And she didn't crash for, like, five minutes and won. Wow. So Brilliant. Pre- That's was actually awesome. Me. Yeah, yeah. Pressure was on for me for the weekend because she got a trophy, and I would not. <laughs> <laughs> so when oh, it, came round, to the, yeah, when it yeah. came round to, like, the B5, well, I was like, right, I've got to, I've got to pull my finger out now. I've got to get this, yeah, so, yeah, so yeah. Luckily, I did all right, and I ended up coming home with a trophy as well. Oh, excellent. So, oh, so there's all, all, all smiles on the way home then. Yeah, although she points out that mine only says third on it and hers says first. Oh, well, there you go. So watch, watch out. There could be another scalding uh, hitting uh, the racing scene soon, you know? I don't think so. I think she just she just enjoys going and having fun. She sees, uh, well, I or Dave's uh, daughter, who's mm-hmm. my niece. They both race in a mini class together. So it's great watching those Just a bit around. of fun, yeah, yeah. And it's back to how it should be. It, like, yeah, it, exactly. It's gone full circle. It, but they're not even lap counting. It's just fun. Yeah. 
three quid racing on a Friday night. We start at seven and we're finished at nine. Brilliant. Yeah. Oh, spot on. That sounds good. Excellent. Good. Excellent. All right. Well, uh, that's brilliant, Adam. So, you know, I think we'll probably wrap it up. That'll take enough of, uh, enough okay, of your no, evening. I know, I, know you're, right. I, know you're, I know you're a busy man and it's, you know, me, me and you haven't spoken, uh, you know, since, uh, well, I think when when we had a chat before the interview, there probably been about 11 years since we spoke. spoke. So, no, really yeah. nice to have a proper catch up yeah. rather than just seeing what we've been up to on Facebook have to do and it things. Again. Yeah, have to do it again sometime. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's nice, nice to have a catch up for sure. And, uh, you know, maybe if I'm out on my travels at work, I'll have to chuck the push bike in the car go for a ride or do something or other or maybe bring yeah. me up, bring me stuff up and come to this uh you know to some of your race meetings maybe that'd be quite good fun yeah they give, or they, or they give me a good thrashing but there we are. Uh, come and take you out on the mountain bike yeah there you go good good good, good. get me off that road bike yeah. excellent all right then well thanks a lot for your time really appreciate thank it yeah. really good no, thank you. really good Been to great. catch up and um and uh yeah i'll catch up with, well hopefully we'll catch up with you again soon yeah be good to all the best cheers adam thank thanks a lot cheers then bye bye really enjoyed that good excellent glad 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 you did yeah that no, was good yeah nice to uh you know just just uh you know when i finished the conversation with adam we had a chat afterwards and and obviously we've been friends on facebook and know what each other up to but i haven't spoke to him since i left uh um you know hpi mirage which is really really bad i know but uh, you know obviously keep in touch with facebook and stuff but no it's really good to have a catch up with him so I really enjoyed that. that's really nice yeah i didn't realize you know I, I didn't know what happens after durango well, mm-hmm. I do now, mm. um, and it was nice to know that he, he, you know he's still doing that. And it's, I think we were chatting before we started recording this podcast about mm-hmm. the differences between where we are. We anyone's listened to this is like a hundred and ten percent focused on racing one tenth or mm-hmm. you know one eighth RC cars. Yeah, when yeah. actually that's just a tiny percentage of what actually goes on. Mm. Oh yeah, massively. And I think I, I read somewhere, I heard somewhere, like you know, a main hobbies in the states. They sell like ten rock crawler kits to to one competition kit. You know, so yeah, our, our section of the hobby on a kind of national slash global levels uh, is quite small in the in the grand scheme of RC in general, I suppose. But obviously, we love it, hence why we uh, do this stuff. Yeah, and and hence why we uh, chat to each other and record telephone conversations <laughs> yeah. and, and put them on the internet so yeah. other people who want to listen to it's, other people's conversations it, it sounds a bit mental when you put it like that but there you go <laughs> but, uh, uh, i'd just like to say before we go that mm-hmm. thanks very much for all the feedback all the likes all the shares um all the messages of support that we've had and specifically about the numbers of people who actually are listening to our podcast um you know we are so we've still got miles to go you know we're 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 not catching anybody up anywhere, but we're we're well ahead of where we. I certainly thought we'd ever get back to, um, so that's really good. Um, one of the things I wanted to do is, sorry, is make this as easy on me as I could, uh, and that's why we do it. Mark knows as we do it on this app called Anchor, which means we have it on our, our mobile phones, and it means we can chat to anybody. Anybody can come on. But it does limit the amount of editing and transitions and music and bits that we can put in. Um, so that's why it is still a bit clunky and janky. And, and hopefully it will get better, but it's not going to get better next week. 
and that's just the way it's going to be. And, 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 we all, and we all know what a sort of technical genius you are, so, you know. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say what it is, is I just don't care. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. I, uh, to, to give you an idea of what work we, what happened, when we, me and Joey did one of the other episodes, from the time I phoned Joey getting in my car to say, okay, come on, let's get this thing sorted and done, I think we recorded about 50 minutes, and it, and it was from then, it took me then two hours, it was two hours in total to record 50 minutes of podcast, cut, do as much editing as I've actually done, and then get it up on the internet. And that's about right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. You know, we all have lives outside of outside of our hobbies and, you know, can't, families and other other commitments, you know, so having it, having it easy to so, use is good. And, and that's the way it, it's going to get, be in the future. Um, we, we want, we've had... I've had many co-hosts on. I've got many other co-hosts lined up. We've got lots of people to, 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 to who have agreed to come on. We were doing weeklies for up until Christmas because Joey's work was a bit flexible. That's now sorted out. So I assume that we'll have maybe one more episode before Christmas after this one. Um, and what's one of the reasons why I've been really quiet on Vegas and believe you me, I've been quiet on Vegas because I think I've, I've got somebody sort of Vegas related coming on next week. Then we'll probably have a bit of a break over Christmas and then we'll go back to two weekly episodes. I think that's the, the way forward. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, but thanks very much, everyone who says all the nice things. We, I trust, I really love the bad things when people go, that's rubbish, don't do that. Um, because that, that's honest and that's what we want to And we're not fixed or set on any process or any structure or anything else like that at this moment in time. To be honest, I'm not even a big fan of the name. I think it's all right, but, you know. I, I, I think it's the most corporate thing someone suggested to me. <laughs> so I am not. I don't mind if we change the name uh, or do anything on those lines. But that's the kind of work that we put in to, to do this. So imagine the amount of work that people have put in to do the State of RC podcast, the three, you know, that's weekly and much longer. Uh, the three hundred, you know, we saw this week Chris James's new mm, video. That's right, yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, no, I'll race with Chris. Yeah, no, it's good. Really good. You know, gave him some feedback on the video and stuff. Um, but no, I thought it was really good. You know, nice to see Leroy again. I, I, I really loved it. Uh, I thought it was really good. So the work that they do there. You know, Adam Drain does on Over the Loop. You know, mm-hmm. we all love Ryan Styles Harris. And, and that's the bit where I think we need to do. Okay, we don't have to, but I think we should. You, people liking and sharing all of these things spreads RC out to other people. That's why we need to do this. Not because I don't, you know, it makes no difference how many people like and share this. The same number of people listen. Mm. You know, we, we can see that. Likes and shares go up, but numbers are pretty similar. So it's just to make sure we can, we can spread it out and, and get it done. Exactly. Um, well said. There's my, there's my ranty thing done. Well said, that man. Uh, are you racing this week? Next week? Um, yeah, yeah. We should be heading down to my local track, ten sixty six, for a bit of EOS carpet action. So I'll be back down there again. Brilliant. Um, is is Elliot coming? Yes. Elliot Boots. There you go. Who's going to test both of his cars? His Z, new ZX seven and his RB seven ahead of um, ahead of the MKGP. So that'd be good. Okay. Good to see him go with him. He's, uh, you know, used to race with him at Maritime and, you know, blisteringly quick and really exciting driver to watch. So now, uh, looking forward to that. Uh, Should be good. And hopefully, my favourite coyote show um, driver, um, Tyro Craddock, turns up. 
Yeah, yeah, he's cool. Yeah, well, I'm sure the Craddocks will be there. They're there um, two weeks back um, when, I, when I last raced and again, getting their new cars dialed in, so that's good. Um, so you're there. Um, I'm at probably at Southport this weekend. It's our AGM card. Oh, my word. 45, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes of people talking about point scoring competitions. Mm. Hopefully, let's get that sorted and out of the way as quickly as Sounds possible. Sounds riveting. Sounds riveting. And then we've got a Christmas meeting on 29th of December, which is probably the next time I'll actually get me, me race car out. That's done. Um, before we go, mate, is there anyone you really particularly would like to thank? Um, just, uh, yeah, just friends, family. Anyone knows us, really? Yeah, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's it, really. Yeah, no, no one in particular. But, uh, you know, just um, just want to thank all the, the, the guys that, uh, you know, local to me, putting loads of effort to the clubs that are race at and, you know, really great bunch of people. And, um, yeah, that's about it, really. Yeah. Okay, so when we finish, try and remember to send me a picture of you holding the race car. Okay. Uh, because I think that. that's what well, that's what we'll do. We'll have to have, well, we'll put well, this, oil, oil, oiled up in a set of speedos. If that's the way you want to do it, well, that's fine. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm not turning that away. That'll get me likes and shares. Yeah, um, trust me, people don't want to see that. Yeah, but that, we know that. That's why we'll like and share the picture. <laughs> um, so if you so then just so you, you you might then know Mark or realise that oh hang on he was the the fella on the podcast that week. Go and say hello. Cool. Speak to him. Tell him what you like and you dislike. Um, I, as always, am a, a commercial man, so I always thank Kyosho uh, UK, mainly Carl Marsden, for looking after me so well. Uh, Antiki Models, who actually post all my stuff out. This week, my performance at Berry was um, sponsored by John Dromfield because I used his setup. I would have used Al- Andy Bulmers because he was brilliant all day at Berry. But I don't have Kyosho Springs. I've only got associated bonds. Ah. So so I, I followed that, the setup that I had. Okay, mate? Good. All right. Well, nice to talk to you, Aiden. Cheers. Thanks for having us. No, it's not a problem, mate. Thank you very much for phoning up your old work colleagues. <laughs> yeah, there's a few There's a few more on the list. So watch out. If, if I know you or I used to work with you, I'll, I'll be coming for you. Yeah. And so, I, I, I also, for all the work that you do, one of the... Uh, the Yoke and the Kyosho groups. Yeah, um, no, no worries at all. No, no. The, 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 like like a lot of the RC groups, they're all really good, and we've got. I think there's a, a really nice place to. You're always happy if someone new comes in, say, "Hey, you need to check. You need to get into this group. These are really nice places to be." Excellent, is that good a, stuff. Yeah, is that all right, perfect, mate? lovely. Okay. All right, Aiden. Thank you very much for your time, mate, and have a good Christmas. And you, all the best. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. Bye now. Bye.